Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of Sammy Bits. I'm your host, Ella, and I've got Nadav Liebelman, Sam's VP of Innovation and Data, here with me. Nadav, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you here again. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Great. And I know you have a lot to say about our topic, so let's jump right in. Today, we're diving into the ins and outs of the IoT vulnerability challenge, specifically looking at how it impacts home and small office consumers and the ISPs who serve them. With the growing number of connected smart devices through gateways, understanding potential threats and solutions is crucial. So Nadav, can we start by talking about the potential threats that come with IoT devices? Sure. So generally speaking, what we need to understand is that these are devices that on the one hand have access to our network, right? They're connected to our Wi-Fi or connected to our cable. But on the other hand, no one is actually thinking about their security. Us as users or consumers, generally speaking, don't think about their security. And unfortunately, the OEMs, the manufacturer of of those devices, also don't think of their security. So... Unlike our phones, for example, where usually Apple and Google are pretty good at providing security updates, when we think about our TVs, even if they're running Android, or our printers, our security cameras, and all of the other connected devices, nobody's actually taking care of them. So if there's a vulnerability and they're using a six-year-old version of Android, guess what? They're never going to get updated. And if a security researcher or a hacker find a vulnerability in my printer, probably that vulnerability is never going to be patched. And my network is going to be vulnerable. And whatever that vulnerability enabled the attacker to do, that's going to stay there. So the result of this is that our privacy is often compromised because like we said, these devices are connected to our Wi-Fi and they can literally spy on us. Uh, these devices can often be used as part of what's called a botnet attack. So you can think of my printer, for example, or my security camera taking part in a DDoS attack on a third-party service like Facebook, right? So all of a sudden, my home is being used to attack Facebook. Um and these are just small sample of the threats. And obviously, you know, think about devices like security cameras, they can peep into our houses. Nobody wants that. Yes, I know I wouldn't want that. So why exactly is it that security for IoT devices is different from security for, let's say, phones or computers? You know what? That's such a great question that I think people don't ask often enough. I think there are four main components. First of all, it's awareness of us, the consumers. So when we go and buy a connected treadmill, for example, I don't think of any cybersecurity issues. But when I'm buying a phone, so yeah, I do care who's taking care of the photos I store on my phone. But I never think of can someone cause physical harm to me when I'm running on my connected treadmill? Or maybe can someone use that connected treadmill to, let's say, spy on the information I have in my network? 
So that's not even something that I think about. And this actually leads us to the second item. Because of the lack of our awareness to cybersecurity risks of IoT device, this is basically the last priority for the manufacturers of those devices. Let's stick to the connected treadmill example. So the priority of the manufacturer is for that treadmill to look good, obviously, to work well the treadmill. And if it's connected, it probably has an app, an interface, so they need that to work well as well. But because we as consumers don't think of cybersecurity for that treadmill, the manufacturer is putting that dead last in their priorities. So then they're not going to take care of it. The next item is that the business model for IoTs typically does not support cybersecurity because cybersecurity is an ongoing thing. Let's think of a security guard in a shopping mall. Somebody needs to pay that person day in and day out. Similarly, for cybersecurity, that's an ongoing thing. It's not something you pay for once, but usually when we buy uh, an IoT device like a printer or a security camera, we go to a store or we buy it online, we pay for it once and that's it. The manufacturer need continuous revenue to be able to provide continuous cybersecurity for that device. This being said, even some devices like, by the way, connected treadmills that you might pay subscription for, because we are not aware that we need cybersecurity for those devices, that revenue stream isn't going to provide security. It's going to provide other elements like a better user interface, but not security. And the last item, which is more technological and is very complicated, is the operating system for all of those IoTs. You see, when we think of a phone or computer, generally speaking, we have two or three operating systems to consider, such as iOS for Apple phones or Windows for most computers. In contrast, for IoTs, there is basically an almost endless variety of operating systems because many IoT manufacturers use their own flavor of OS. As a result, it's basically impractical to create an antivirus or a security application that we can install on our IoTs like media streamers, connected treadmills, or Wi-Fi security cameras. Okay, so it's pretty clear that establishing security for IoTs is very complicated. What do you think we can do about this? Well, in theory, a lot. In practice, I'm actually not that sure. So in theory, I think it all starts with awareness, right? Uh, the manufacturer of a device is not going to take care of security unless we ask them to. It's just a waste of money for them if the consumer doesn't care about that. So again, in theory, we want consumers to be aware uh, that these devices pose a security risk, and then this awareness will start to move up the value chain uh, to the manufacturers. But then we actually hit another roadblock, because even if the consumers are, are aware, 
This is actually extremely difficult for the manufacturers to provide. We talked about the lack of uh, uniformity in terms of operating systems. And also that a manufacturer would need recurring revenue to be able to provide security. So again, even if we as consumers know that we need security for those devices, on the business front and the technology front, it's very difficult to provide this. So what can we do? I think that we need a third party to take care of it for us. Obviously, as a consumer, right, the average Joe or Jane don't even know, again, on the technology level, what they can do, even if they know there is a risk. We can't expect them to do anything about that, right? So I do think that we need a third party to do that for them. Uh, and the best way in a network is to use specifically the router because we can think about the router as a security guard. That security guard decides what goes in and out into my network and that security guard decides what each device in the network can do. Okay, so it looks like the gateway is key in achieving the level of network security you described so far. Can we talk a little bit more about how this can be done in practice? So I think we can look at it both on the technical element and on actually getting it into consumers' hands. So on the technical element, we talked about the router acting sort of like the security guard. Right, but this security guard needs instructions. And let's play out a scenario. I have a device, maybe a Wi-Fi security camera, and this device has a vulnerability. Maybe the manufacturer provided a new firmware, and maybe the manufacturer even didn't do that. If the manufacturer provided a new firmware, we want consumers to update the firmware as our security camera, but Let's be frank, who among us goes to our IoTs, printers, security cameras, etc., and updates the firmware? Almost nobody. And in the case that they didn't provide a firmware update, well, it's left vulnerable. So now we need the security guard to know how to patch this vulnerability. So again, on the technical element, somebody needs to review new vulnerabilities provide instructions to the security guard how to patch them and provide this information to all the network. In terms of actually getting it into consumers' hands, so uh, from our experience at SAM, almost all consumers are using the router they've got from the ISP. So basically ISPs are the most suitable candidate to provide this type of security. When we think of our phones, we expect Google and we expect Apple to do this. I think that when we think of our networks, in our homes, in our small businesses, we should think of the ISPs as the one who should provide this type of security. And the ISPs respectively can work with cybersecurity companies to understand how they provide this type of security or how they embed this type of security into their routers and into their product lineup. So there is hope after all. And I think that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode, Nadav. 
Thank you, Ella. It was my pleasure. And to our audience, if you want to gain more knowledge on network level security, visibility, and management, you're welcome to explore our complete podcast series or follow us on Sam's website or social media. And as always, feel free to get in touch with us about any topic you'd like us to cover in an upcoming episode. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Sammy Bits.